Hi, welcome to the GC Wesley podcast. My name is Morgan and I am on staff with GC Wesley. If you're not familiar with what GC Wesley is, we are a campus ministry on the Georgia College campus. We will be talking about what life looks like living on the college campus. We'll talk about the Bible some and we'll also talk about current events. And we are so glad that you can join us. Hi, welcome to the GC Wesley podcast. We are here doing a live recording today, and this whole interview and discussion will be available on our podcast, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts at the GC Wesley podcast. So my name is Morgan, and I am on staff with GC Wesley, and this is our director, Tate. Welling. Tate Welling. Also on staff at GC West. Also on staff. <laughs> and we have a guest today, Nick. Nick. It is I. It is, it is you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here today, Nick. And um, Nick no is one of Tate's friends also. Hey, Nick. Hey, Tate. Hey, Tate. Good to see you. <laughs> We've also become friends over That's the... Uh, <laughs> Great friends. Over the period of past couple of days. Um, I'm grateful. And so we obviously thought that this was a very important time to discuss what race looks like in America. And there are a lot of topics to talk about pertaining to this one issue in our uh, current climate. And so we just wanted to be able to sit here, have an honest conversation, and to hear from Nick about what his experience was like and currently is like. And um, so, Nick, would you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Of course. Um, well, like you said, I'm Nick, Nick Harper, uh, born and raised here in Milledgeville. Uh, I attended Georgia Military College Prep School um, for middle school and high school, um, then went on to Savannah State University, you know, one of the world's greatest HBCUs. Got to plug that in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, just country country boy, um, yeah. born and bred here. Nice. Good morals, values, yeah. good old Millie Vegas. It's a good city to be, yeah, to yeah. be living in. Learned a lot. And He's literally a mogul. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get more mogul than <laughs> I born am. and raised here. That's it, mogul. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but that's me. Um, okay. I currently... Um, I do a lot within the community now. Um, I, I'm pretty much like straddled between Milledgeville and Sparta okay. um, because I'm an associate pastor at Second Bueller Missionary Baptist Church Wonderful. that's pretty much in Sparta. Um, okay. So I do a lot there and as well as I'm part of the counseling team at a local elementary school here in mm-hmm. Milledgeville. So got my hand pretty much in, an every, in a lot. Sure. But uh, I'm so grateful to yeah. be back home and mm-hmm. to be doing what God has purposed me to do, I would say. Yeah, that's wonderful, especially being involved in Mm -hmm. your local community and getting both sides, not only at the elementary school, but also as the associate pastor. Yes. So that's very cool. (laughs) What do you feel like was, what was it like just growing up in rural central Georgia for you? (laughs) Rural Georgia? Uh... I would say this, if you could um, figure it out or or Google 
or watch a movie on how it is in rural Georgia, that would be me growing up in Milledgeville. Okay. Um, just because that's what the area kind of, mm. it, it gives you. Um, but me, on the other hand, me kind of going to prep school um, for pretty much a large majority of my of me creating like my foundations and everything I stand on now, it was a little bit different mm -hmm. um, because as a black man um, going to a school where you're one of seven in the whole high school mm -hmm. or one of seven black people in your class, um, dealt with a lot. Sure. Um, had a lot of hard conversations. Um, mm -hmm. Also bypassed a lot of conversations just because of the aspect of me being the minority. Um, of course, with the current climate that we're in, it's something that I was very familiar with growing up. Mm -hmm. um, had to develop a certain type of lens of intentionality of what I saw around in my surroundings and how I addressed things that were going on in my surroundings um, to the point where I was always taught to kind of, it's that, it's that straddling of, okay, sure. you can be friends or you can be at a place where um, you're the minority, but at the same time, we're not gonna be bold enough to be in that presence to know that we belong, okay. or to know that I belong in that space, in that yeah. same space. So it is what it is, I would say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but great times, and Milledgeville is one of those towns where it kinda gives you that encouragement um, at times, but okay. also it can, gives you, it can give you that uh, I guess <laughs> that rough side or yeah. that quote unquote Google, oh, you grew up in rural Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll give you that too. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's out there in the yard just playing with a tire swing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tire swing. Yeah. <laughs> what, so could you tell me a little bit more about that intentionality lens that you were talking about? Yes, 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 yes. Um, like I said, me, being who I am and still, even as a, a young guy, I was pretty much involved. I've always been a church boy, mm. um, been a community type person and within the community. My family was within the community, um, but my mom wanted greater for us or whatnot. So yeah. although we achieved that greater with going to school, when we came home, we still had to be uh, involved with my culture and, okay. and people that a lot of my cousins and friends wasn't wasn't afforded the opportunity to mm. attend a prep school, so it was kind of like that that coat switch thing right. where at school I knew I was around uh, my white friends and mm -hmm. I knew I was I was the minority, but at home it was time to switch back into okay, this is the Nick, yeah. uh, this is your neighborhood, you know that's that's Uncle Pete up there. Yeah. It's not Uncle Pete, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's not <laughs> it's not uh, Mr. So and So, sure. or you know. Like right. that, so it's it's more so of that just knowing where you are and okay. and feeling the tone of the areas mm -hmm. of where you are and always being conscious of what's around you. That's yeah. that kind of kind of lens that I view from. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I could totally see how that could for sure impact like your identity. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you feel like your how do you feel like you were able to like really find the true Nick? You're like, true me? You're like, I can, 
I can be myself. Yeah. And, well, one thing, yeah. <laughs> one thing about me though, I've always been like that outgoing person. Yeah. And and that person that was gonna be bold enough, bold enough to stand on who I am. Um, so, although I mastered the coach, which and I don't want to sound like I'm just rambling or anything, although the I mastered the coach, which or whatnot, a part of me being in those two different spaces, it was genuinely me, pretty much. Because mm-hmm. um, even when I would go back into the neighborhoods or the communities, it would pretty much be the reward of, hey, mom, this is what you wanted. Like, yeah. this is what's working for me, and and this is who I am now, and this mm-hmm. is that, that buildup of who, who you see. Okay. Um, and that kind of provided that hope to my friends in the neighborhood, but at the same time, I did get some type of strife, like, oh, you going yeah. to school, you you sound yeah. like a white boy, or yeah. you you got white friends now, so mm-hmm. you don't hang with us, or we don't see you too often, but sure. it wasn't none of that. It was just me just being exposed to um, something that others didn't have the opportunity okay. to be exposed yeah. to, I would say that. Yeah. Nick, can you explain to us what you mean when you say code switch? Code switch. For anyone that may may not know what you mean. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, code switch is one of those things where, um, you know, we all have that that type of comfort around our friends. And then, say, for instance, you go to work, that same comfort that you have around your friends is not the same yeah. comfort you're going to have with your boss. Yeah. Right. But in a, in a situation like me or like I grew up in, as far as with being that minority, um, young people, we spend most of our days or most of our lives at school or whatnot. So we, yeah. we're rarely at home. Mm-hmm. So it was that point of kind of molding into my environment of walking the halls of white people or people that are not of the black uh, race or whatnot. So yeah. I had, it's not so much of just code switching, it's just me just um, picking up on their interactions and like social kind of, cues, yeah, and social language, cues, language, body language, and that, yeah. and that stuff like serves seeps into me, so mm-hmm. you can't help yeah. but to kind of or have to adapt to that mm-hmm. that environment because that's how they will receive you, that's how they will yeah. understand you, that's how they will hear you. But yeah. at the same time, I can't can't leave there and I can't go back to Beulah Highway and and mm-hmm. and be like, hey, dude. Uh, <laughs> do you mind uh, helping me out uh, fixing my bike real right. quick? <laughs> right. They're like, yeah. who is this guy? <laughs> They're like, wait, who what? <laughs> so you want me to just fix your bike, right? Yeah. Why do you need to say that, bro? Just fix my bike. <laughs> right. I'm curious, is that more, is it more an intentional switch or is it more a subconscious switch? Does that make sense? I would say initially starting out, it's, it's intentional because... Uh-huh. It's like I'm trying to fit in yes, or I'm you. trying to make sure people see um, my ability to adapt to my environment. But like I said, as the more you do it, it really becomes subconscious where, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, I can't, if I'm around people who, and I, I don't think proper English is the right word word or whatnot, but if I'm around people who speaking well or whatnot, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be the one that's not speaking yeah. well or... Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, speaking in broken English and whatnot, because yeah. they they probably won't understand me for one, but then for two, they're gonna look at me like, "Hmm, he's a very peculiar guy." <laughs> I don't think I trust him. I don't think I trust him. <laughs> His pants may be a little baggy, but I got on a belt, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was just certain things like yeah. that. Man, yeah, so. I got you. I got you. Do you feel like there was a time when you can remember? 
like, even just in school and you were like, okay, I kind of have to adjust to my environment based on how you feel like other people might perceive you? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and with me, especially me being over there, being one of the minorities, um, I guess I was considered kind of one of the token uh, black guys uh, okay. where other people or the white population would see like, although he's black, guess what? He he speaks well and mm. he's outgoing and he has a vibrant personality. Yeah. So we're going to use him and pull him for everything. And then I was pretty smart too. So yeah. Yeah. I was, I did a lot of, I was afforded a lot of opportunities where a, just not your average white person wouldn't even get the opportunity to do. So when you're walking into the boardroom, speaking to the whole trustee board of a whole school or whatnot, you have to make yeah. that adjustment or you have to sit upright and have your back pressed against the back of the chair yeah. and all that type of stuff. So mm -hmm. that's just one simple um, uh, example. But just on a regular level, like with being peers on, my, on a peer level, mm -hmm. walking to schools, uh, walking the halls, I've had plenty um, occurrences where I had to show that I'm, I'm able to adapt or yeah. show that I belong in the, in the space. Okay. But as well as I've had some situations where I had to show that, hey, I'm a black man too now. Yeah. <laughs> so everything that you believe black men to be as far as with just being a little aggressive or, mm. or to be loud or something like that, I have that aspect of me too, yeah. and it can come out <laughs> because yeah. it's, it seems like sometimes that were, that was some people's uh, perception of how they would respect me mm. or give me the respect mm. okay. if I tied into their stereotypical yeah. assumptions. Yeah. 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 So, interesting. Mm. And so being someone who you spend your days in an elementary school mm -hmm. and then also heavily involved in the local church and local community. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like you were able to realize that both of those things were areas that you wanted to get involved in? It's all ministry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say it's all ministry. Um, I think I tell, I tell Tate this when we first um, just kind of linked up and, mm -hmm. and became friends and yeah. whatnot. And I say, God, I say, God, man... Uh, it's pretty much a lot of my days where I literally do ministry. Like, I've been doing ministry, like, nonstop. Like, mm -hmm. my, mm. whatever, all I'm involved with, I can look back and I'm like, God, you really you really outdid yourself. When you told yeah. me, when you gave me the call, <laughs> you really meant that, huh? <laughs> because every avenue of my life is like opportunity for ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and just being in the school setting and being in the community, you get that full circle um, Occurrence, and you get that full circle kind of feel okay. of 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 the purpose behind what yeah. you do. Because yeah. you start out with the youngins, but you mm -hmm. know those are the youngins that's going to end up in the community. Yeah. Um, and then when they end up in the community, they're going to become the parents that mm -hmm. birth more youngins that go back into right. it's like the whole cycle. Looking thing. at that cycle. So if you have a purpose of changing the future or making an impact on the future, mm -hmm. then why not make it through that cycle there? Mm. Right. And that's what that's what I view what I do and mm -hmm. how I'm involved with. I'm like, wow, this somewhere along the lines that impact is gonna be made even long after I'm gone. Right. So, so valuable. It's valuable, right? Right. And I I even love the you work in both extremes mm -hmm. in the sense of 
with young kids and in your church. Mm-hmm. I know through conversations you told me just it's, it's an older church, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of the churches in the room, out in, right. in Sparta area. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I pastored a church not even far from yours mm-hmm. for three and a half years, and it was just like yours. I mean, old, mm-hmm. older folks there. And so it's, it's interesting that you have that place of influencing lives of, of extremely young elementary age kids, mm-hmm. um, but also um, the older generation as well that um, are going to play a vital role in any mm-hmm. change that we see, um, any immediate change right. that's going to be heavily steered by um, our older generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you, you are in a unique, unique <laughs> spot. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Most definitely. What are some things that you, like, in those hopes that you have for the younger generation? Mm-hmm. What are some things that you hope for the younger, younger crew? I always tell uh, the young people I talk to, my hope for them is just to live up to the, their best potential mm-hmm. or the maximum potential that they have. Um, I always also, I start off by letting them know that it won't be easy and no one really knows the, the amount of potential you have. You don't even know your own potential, mm-hmm. but be as, be the best version of yourself you can okay. and be willing to adjust within that best version because some days you may feel like you're, you're this person, then the next day you may feel totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but just extending that grace to yourself is my hope that they understand to extend that grace to themselves. Yeah. To endure this process of mm-hmm. just growing, man, and tapping into that full potential. Yeah. Because you have a lot, what I see too often, is that you have a lot of the younger generation that don't realize the potential they possess, so they just merely exist. Okay. They merely just go through life. Yeah. Uh, or at least go through their young stages. Just doing, okay... I just here to follow the instructions, Mom. Yeah. Tell me what to do. And Parents it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't. Right. Like yeah. you can step out and you can actually set up the trajectory of where you see yourself in life right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I mean, that must just be so encouraging for them to hear. And mm-hmm. like what wisdom to be able to speak into their lives. And mm-hmm. that's a and piece I- of advice that they'll... And I get it all the time, especially when I deal with a lot of my teens. They're like, man... Mr. Harper, you always preaching, man. I don't, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> but it's, but yeah. it's something that it, I'm like, I'm not preaching to you, buddy. Right. Um, I'm really just telling you. Yeah. Uh, this is what life mm-hmm. is, and, and you can behold, do it. Yeah, yeah, you can get through out on the other side. And, mm-hmm. and as they as they are growing, because I've had a cycle of, you know, as the teenagers grow and they go off to college, mm-hmm. show them graduate college. Yeah, I'm that old now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they start to come back and, yeah. and just to hear some of the, I guess some of those revelatory stories, yeah. like. Bro, I really appreciated that encouragement. Mm-hmm. This coming from the same person, like, oh, here you go. You always want to talk my ear off, brother. Yeah. <laughs> that was Reverend Harper. <laughs> Reverend Harper. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's incredible. That's 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 mm-hmm. my piece, man. And and if you know anybody that know me, they know, man, he get he give his last to make sure mm-hmm. the next generation is a okay or at least encouraged at the least. Yeah. So. Wow. That's good. That's real good. Um, and earlier you were talking about how you see so many, mm-hmm. pretty much every day, as mm-hmm. an opportunity for ministry. Mm-hmm. 
And how do you feel like your relationship with the Lord has kind of guided you here and also will continue to guide you into further moments? Um, I would say it's, it's been very, very crucial, um, mm-hmm. my relationship with God, just to endure um, this process and this journey. Um, won't say that it always been easy because there's been some days where I get to the point like, well, God, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> where are you? Like, because uh, sometimes you can feel discouraged a little bit or a little exhausted from the work that you do, yeah. um, especially when you're dealing when you have a heart to serve people, mm-hmm. and you know that you can't force people to receive the service or to receive that servantship. Um, like you want them to. Yeah. It may not come with accolades and you don't expect to expect the accolades or anything, but you wanna you kinda wanna see that instant impact. Yeah. Like if I just spoke to you in your ear, I want you to at least I wanna be able to see you tomorrow kind of make a little make a little bit of change, yeah. man. But it's not always like that. And those are some of those yeah. moments where it kinda gets you like, Oh, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. But then there's always a little spark that says, I'm right here, mm-hmm. that offers that encouragement where you have one come to you like, hey, man, you know what? I, I need your help, heard, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, or just a phone call like, hey, you know, I got a, I got two A's. I passed my test, brother. I'm like, appreciate it. Good. That's yeah. great. I'm proud of you, man. Right. And just some those simple things right there, that's what, that's what kind of grows my heart mm-hmm. right yeah. there. That's awesome. And I don't want to sound like I'm just a... Oh, softy, and like <laughs> I'm the world world's greatest kindergarten teacher or whatnot. But <laughs> there's gonna be a Hallmark movie, about right? Nick. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, I'd say my relationship is mm-hmm. definitely it's crucial to okay. to all of this because it takes that relationship and trusting the mm-hmm. Lord to guide me and to keep me focused mm-hmm. and to just give me strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. I mean, and that's exactly what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. not only serving your local community mm-hmm. and you're making a lasting impact on these mm-hmm. students' lives and that's embodying the Christ, the Christ's heart for sure. Mm-hmm. That servant heart is so major. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. For more information about GC Wesley, visit georgiacollegewesley.org or follow us on Instagram at GCWesley.